Welcome to episode number 128 of Quality Christian Living. I am your host, David Friend. Today's podcast is entitled, Steps to Receive Your Miracle. Now we are in a series and have been for a number of podcasts on miracles. And the Lord has shown me in His Word, mentioned a number of miracles that I've seen that I've been a part of, and also the miracles that I've seen in other people's lives. So our God is still in the business of performing miracles for his people. So with that, let's pray and ask for the Holy Spirit to guide and direct this podcast today, and I'll thank him for it in advance. Father, I pray your blessing would be upon this podcast today, that you would anoint it, and I ask that the Holy Spirit would now come in and take over, take charge, and lead me in the direction you would have me to go. For those who've listened in and tuned in today, I pray that you would bless them, that they would receive exactly what they need. Many need a great miracle from you, Lord, and they've tuned in to hear how that can happen and what steps they need to take. So we need your guidance, we need your direction, and I'll thank you in advance for what's about to take place, and I thank you, Lord, for all the miracles that I've seen in my life and in the life of so many. I'll give you praise for it and all the glory now. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. As we go through today's podcast, I'm going to give you a list of steps I believe have proven to me and to others that God has a plan for us to receive answers to prayer and to receive our miracle. So I've entitled this Steps to Receive Our Miracle because I don't know how many steps it's going to take. Sometimes I list three or four or five, and then the Holy Spirit will move and add several to that. So we're just going to yield to the Holy Spirit and allow Him to tell me how many to show and how many steps to take us through and guide us, and I believe we'll get the best results that way. So let's get started and just take a look at step number one. Now, when I say number one, that doesn't mean it's the most important, but it does mean that it's one of the steps that we need to take to receive the miracle that we need in our life. I think the best way to start here is is to look at, number one, learn from the miracles that Jesus performed. You know, a lot of times we see those, we read about them, we hear about them when we go to church and the pastor preaches a message or we have a Sunday school class or maybe a Bible study in someone's home and we talk about miracles and it's really great and wonderful. But we need to learn from those miracles because I believe in each miracle that Jesus performed, there's a lesson for us. There's a teaching for us. There's instructions for what we should do and how we should do it and the steps that we should take. So the beginning of that is that every one of these miracles took a step of faith. As I've taught in other podcasts, I believe that faith must always precede the miracle. So I'm going to read from Matthew chapter 12 and verse 13. We're going to talk about one of the miracles that Jesus performed, and it has to do with a man who needed his hand to be healed. He had a withered hand, and it talks about in the Word of God in chapter 12 that Jesus heals someone on the Sabbath. And when he did that, the Pharisees asked him and said, you know, basically, does the law permit a person to work on healing on the Sabbath. And so Jesus was basically saying, well, yes, obviously he's responding in a different way, but he was basically saying, yep, there's nothing wrong with that. So he said in verse 11, if you had a sheep that fell into a well and a Sabbath, wouldn't you work to pull it out? Of course you would. And how much more valuable is a person than a sheep? Yes, the law permits a person to do good on the Sabbath. Now that kind of sets it up. That's the prerequisite to saying, yes, we can pray for people anytime that we want to in a church service, in a home, someplace else, and God wants us to pray for miracles, wants us to believe for miracles, and especially when we gather together in the church. And I believe that there's a lesson to be learned there that some churches I know don't believe that they should pray for issues like that, miracles in the church, because sometimes it robs people of their faith or it hurts them or it makes them wonder why they weren't healed. But I just don't 
believe that at all. I believe that we need to pray for people and pray for miracles in the church. So in Matthew chapter 12 and verse 13, here's what took place. Then Jesus said to the man, hold out your hand. So the man held out his hand and it was restored just like the other one. Then the Pharisees called a meeting to plot how to kill Jesus. You see, what this tells us is people will come up against you if you believe in miracles. Those who don't know Jesus as their Lord and Savior, who do not have a personal relationship with Jesus, many times they don't believe in miracles and they'll come up against us. But we're supposed to do what we're supposed to do when we're supposed to do it. And Jesus did this. He had a man who need a healing and Jesus spoke to that man. All he basically told the man was take a step of faith. He told the guy what? Reach out your hand and when the man held his hand out, that means he took a step of faith, the hand was restored. So that teaches us also that the, the key to our miracle is to stretch forth our hand, is to extend our faith, is to believe and to ask people to pray with us and pray for us and take action and that we can then, through faith, receive the miracle that God has in store for us. So Let's take a look at another scripture and another step of faith, and it's found in the book of John in chapter 9 and verse number 7. This is a particularly strong miracle, I believe, in helping us in our day-to-day life and our day-to-day actions, and it's very personal to my wife and I, and so I'm going to read a little bit more than verse 7. I'm going to go back to verse, I think, number 1. This is the miracle of Jesus healing a man who was born blind, and in Matthew chapter 9, verse 1, in the New Living Translation, As Jesus was walking along, he saw a man who had been blind from birth. Rabbi, his disciples asked him, why was this man born blind? Was it because of his own sins or his parents' sins? Verse 3, Jesus says, it was not because of his sins or his parents' sins, Jesus answered. This happened so the power of God could be seen in him. We must quickly carry out the task assigned us by the one who sent us. The night is coming and then... No one can work, but while I am here in the world, I am the light of the world. So Jesus says, I got a lot to do. I'm going to go ahead and move into it. And I believe we have a lesson there where Jesus is telling us, if we want to pray for a miracle, let's get with it. Let's get on with it. Let's believe for it. Let's not procrastinate because the time can be short. So then it goes on in verse six and it says, then he spit on the ground, made mud with the saliva and spread the mud over the blind man's eyes. He told him, Jesus is speaking now, go wash yourself in the pool of Siloam. Siloam means sent. So the man went and washed and came back seeing. Now, it goes on to talk about how he went to his friends and elders and told his neighbors about what took place. And he said basically that he was blind. And and of course, they knew that. And he talks about Jesus said, go wash. And he did what he was told to do. And the beggar said, yes, I'm I'm the guy. And so basically, I'm the guy that was healed. And so basically, Jesus got all the glory for it. But go back and look at a couple of lessons from this. And I'll tell you a little bit why I said previously in this that it's a very special scripture for my wife and I and why it applies to us. So Jesus told him, go wash yourself in the pool of Siloam. Now, that means have faith, take action, 
do something, believe, trust God. That's all these things he's saying. And so this man's miracle would have never taken place had he not done what Jesus told him to do. Now put yourself in that spot. If you had a sore in your arm and a man said, here, here, let me spit in some mud, make a little mud on it and slap the mud on your arm and you'll be healed and then go wash it off. You'll be fine. I think we might be a little reluctant, but of course that person wouldn't be Jesus. But on the other hand, sometimes we're told to do something that we're reluctant to do. And let me tell you now, this is a very important part of today's podcast. I'm going to tell you why this scripture means a lot to me and a miracle that took place in my life. You see, I was diagnosed, as many of you know, with multiple myeloma bone marrow cancer and was given six months to live. I contacted that, and the reason I got that was because I served in Vietnam, and they sprayed Agent Orange, which was a defoliant. It was a herbicide that was basically used to kill the grass and the trees and the stuff around our compound and protect us from the enemy. Well, that junk that they sprayed in the sky was poisonous, was toxin, uh, and it basically was killing off the rats and things. And so they said it'd be safe, but found out later, about a year after I left Vietnam, that it was a very dangerous thing to do and they stopped spraying it. Well, the damage had already been done. I was in the jungle. I lived in it for a year while I was served in Vietnam in the army. And I felt the sprayed plants and the Agent Orange that was on those plants and on my hands. And then sometimes you didn't have a chance to wash your hands when you were over there. This was a combat zone. And so you would eat and that stuff was on your hands and you were then digesting it. And so I was getting that Agent Orange into my system. Well, because of that, some 50 years later, think of that, 50 years later, multiple myeloma, bone marrow cancer was diagnosed in my body. I told the military about it. They took full responsibility and said, that's our fault. We caused that. That multiple myeloma, bone marrow cancer that you've been diagnosed with is due to your exposure to Agent Orange, and we will take care of your expenses, your medical bills and things. And they put me on 100% disability for that because there's no cure. Now, that's important to know, but the most important part of this was there was a part in there where I had to go to the hospital. And every single Monday for eight months, they had to do injections, that's shots, or injections into my stomach. Wasn't a lot of fun. And I would show up for my appointment. I didn't want to go, just like this guy who had his eyes healed. His blindness was restored. His sight was restored to him. And he didn't want to go have mud placed in his eyes. And he didn't want to go down and wash. But he did, because he had faith and trust in God to do that. Well, I didn't want to go to the hospital and be injected in my stomach. And then when I got there, the nurse would say, well, we need to check your weight. We need to check your blood pressure. We need to check a number of things. And from that, we will determine what is the amount of medicine that we will be injecting. It was a chemotherapy type medication called, I think it's called Velcare, Velcar. Anyways, it was a powerful, powerful drug and they needed to mix it up. And I related that to like the mud that Jesus mixed up. And the nurse would come to me. Now listen, this is very important. Of course, I'm very touched by it because it changed my life. They would, the nurse would come to me and say, we're going to go back into the laboratory now and we're going to mix up a batch of this stuff and come back and inject it in your stomach. So then Sharon and I would tell the nurses, well then we believe in the story about Jesus making the mud, putting it in the eyes of this individual and his sight was restored and he could see. So we're believing that you're back in the laboratory mixing the mud that's going to be placed into my body and in the name of Jesus and by his power and the authority he has 
has over this medication, I'm going to be healed. And they would bring that mud, if you will, that injection, inject it into my stomach, and my wife and I would just give God praise. Now, before they injected it in my stomach, they said, listen to this, they said, many people cannot take these shots in their stomach. It's very difficult, and if you can't handle them, and they're very hard to do, and we have bad reactions, then we'll take it off you off of that and put you on something else. And I said, no, if that's what we're supposed to do, then we'll believe for it and believe that God will take care of it. And to the Lord's glory, and for all, he gets all the credit for this, for eight months, every single week with those stomach injections, I never once got sick. I never once had a problem, didn't have an infection, didn't have a reaction, didn't lose my hair because it was all just pure chemo they were throwing in me. And think about that. All that was going on for eight months. And at the end of eight months, and then they put me on a maintenance pill, which I've been on for years, which is additional chemotherapy, but it's a pill because they're still concerned that there's no cure for this and they're concerned. But think of this, because of this story, because of this miracle that took place 2,000 years ago when Jesus healed the eyes of this blind man, my wife and I claimed that and believed that God would do the same thing for me. And I give him praise and I thank him and my wife and I thank him and give God all the glory and all the praise for what he's done in my body. Now, they're not saying that I'm 100% healed by their tests and everything else, but all I know is that I'm still alive six years after I was told that I probably wouldn't be around here. So we give God all the glory and all the praise. So we can learn something from these scriptures. But I had to take that step of faith to go in there and receive something I didn't want to receive in the fashion they wanted to give it to me in order to trust that God was going to take care of me. Now, I believe that you can gain from that also, that you can go wash in the pool, if you will, or take the injection, if you will, and receive that miracle in your body. I believe God has a miracle in store for you. He has a miracle for your body and for your health and for the condition that you're going through. As a matter of fact, I think this might be a good time for me to pray for you. I just feel led of the Holy Spirit to just pray and believe that miracles can take place wherever this is being listened to, wherever it's being listened to throughout this country, throughout the world, because this goes to nations all over the world. And thousands of people have heard these podcasts in over 90, I think it's 92 countries now that people have downloaded these, these podcasts. So I'm going to believe for that for you now. Father, those that are listening in, I know they need a miracle or they know someone who does. And we're going to believe, Father, as they take that step of faith to believe, God, that you are their healer. That miracle that's needed, whether it be physical, whether it be financial, whether it be relationships, whether it be a job condition, whether it, be, it might be a marriage or a wayward child, whatever it might be, God, I claim that miracle in the name of Jesus. And just like this man did what he was told to do and took that step of faith, he was healed. And as I did, Lord, as I had to go do something I didn't want to do, but we had to take that step of faith and you've restored my body. So Father, I believe now in the name of Jesus for divine miracle will take place in the lives of those who are listening right now. So those who heard that prayer, receive it, accept it, take it, walk in it, and give God praise for it. For we ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Now you can see why that particular scripture meant a lot to my wife and I, because we took it for what it was worth, for what it said. We believed for it, and God performed a miracle in my own body. So with that, let's move on now to another scripture, I believe that'll help you understand, of a miracle that Jesus did that we can read about in the Word of God. We're going to turn in the New Living Translation, John chapter 5, and it's in verse 8, where Jesus just says these words, stand up, pick up your mat, and walk. Now, 
I read that scripture first. Now I'm going to go back and set it up as to what took place. This is basically describing the healing of a lame person, a lame man, a person who couldn't walk. So in John chapter 5, verse 1, it says, Afterwards, Jesus returned to Jerusalem for one of the Jewish holy days. Inside the city near the Sheep Gate was the pool of Bethesda with five covered porches. Crowds of sick people, blind, lame, or paralyzed, lay on the porches. One of the men lying there had been sick for 38 years. When Jesus saw him and knew he had been ill for so long, he asked him, Would you like to get well? And the man responded with, Listen to his response. I can't, sir. Now, wait a minute. He's talking to Jesus. And Jesus has come there, the miracle worker, to perform miracles on people. But this man didn't have faith. He said, I can't, sir. The sick man said, for I have no one to put me into the pool. When the water bubbles up, someone else always gets there ahead of me. You see, when the water would bubble up, then healing power would be released and these people could be healed. Jesus told him, stand up, pick up your mat and walk. He just basically was said, let's forget all this other stuff and I'm going to ignore that. And he says, I'm going to believe in a miracle for you. And this man had a certain amount of faith because he went down to the pool and he used an excuse that he couldn't get into the pool because he couldn't walk. But you know, some people I've heard preachers say, why didn't he roll in there? Or why didn't he crawl over there? Or just somehow just get into that water? Well, he didn't. But he did have a step of faith and that he went to that pool. And he went there for 30 Eight years, it said. Think of that. My goodness. 38 years. And some of us, when we pray, we have a difficult time believing for a miracle in 38 minutes or 38 days, much less 38 years. You see, we are required to have patience when we go to God for a miracle. I know when I wanted to be healed instantly, many times in my life when they had situations where they were going to, when they went to take my kidney out years ago with cancer. And I wanted a miracle that God would heal it. That didn't happen. They took the kidney out with through surgery, but God still healed me and restored my body. And then when I was diagnosed with multiple myeloma bone marrow cancer, I wanted to be healed instantly, but it didn't happen. And so I had to go through the process all those months and months. And now these years of taking that pill in order to complete my healing that God has promised me and that has taken place in my body. So this man did have a measure of faith. He had a little bit of faith, just enough that he could be there. So rather then beat this guy up and say, well, why didn't he do this? Why didn't he do that? Why don't we just be thankful for the faith that he had to show up and to believe and trust God for his healing? But he still had to show up. He had to be there. So there's another example of faith preceding a miracle. He was there, Jesus saw him, and the miracle was performed. So I believe we can learn from these three scriptures. So let's move on and see what else the Lord has in store for us as we get into his word on how to receive our miracles. I'm going to get into the book of Psalms and I'm going to read Psalm number 100 because there's so much in here, I believe, that tells us how we can receive our miracle. We need to learn how to approach God when we have a need whatever that miracle might be. So I'm reading in the New Living Translation in Psalm number 100, starting at verse 1. It's only five verses. Let's read the whole thing. Shout with joy to the Lord, all the earth. Worship the Lord with gladness. Come before him singing with joy. Acknowledge that the Lord is God. He made us and we are his. We are his people, the sheep of his pasture. Verse 4, my favorite verse in this. Enter his gates with thanksgiving. Go into his courts with praise. Give thanks to him and praise his name. For the Lord is good. His unfailing love continues forever and his faithfulness continues to each generation. 
Now, that is an amazing psalm, one that we should be using for every need that we have. Any time that we approach God, any time that we enter into a need, we have a situation, we need a miracle, we need a healing, we need a financial breakthrough, we need our marriage to be restored, whatever it might be, whenever we're faced with this challenge, we need to look at Psalm 100 and we need to to acknowledge that he is God and we need to enter into his thanks into his gates it says his gates with thanksgiving go into his courts with praise you see if we do that and we start thanking him in advance for what he's going to do for what he's done and for what he's going to do i believe there's two steps in thankfulness we need to be thankful for what god has done and then we also need to be thankful for what he's going to do now i know you don't know what he's going to do but you can believe by faith what you need him to do. When you need a miracle, we know what he needs to do, what God needs to do in our life. And we need to thank him in advance for it. I like to give my finances to the church. And when I do, I say, Father, I thank you, Lord, that I've been able to make this money that you've helped me. And I'm and I'm so thankful I can give it. And Lord, I'm so thankful for what you're going to do with it, how you're going to bless this church. You're going to bless my family. You're going to bless our finances. You're going to pour out a blessing I can't contain. I'm so thankful for it. Now, I haven't seen that happen yet, but I know it's going to. You see, that's called faith. And when we are thankful before it happens, there's there's a confidence that we have. When I needed my healings, that I've had several of them, as you've heard, if you listen to my podcast, I've had a number of times that I should never have survived in the eyes of this world and the doctors and the scientists. I've had three different times when I had sicknesses and diseases that were were capable of taking my life, and God stopped them all. When I was in Vietnam, I wasn't even a Christian, and there were four times that I can remember where I could easily or should have easily died because I was in terrible situations where there was no way out, and yet God saw the way and brought me through it. And I thanked him. Even then, when I wasn't a Christian, I'd say, God, and he knew I wasn't a believer. I never had accepted Jesus at that time. I was in Vietnam, and we were under attack. I said, God, if you'll just get me through this, just somehow get me through this, I promise that I'll do this. And I thank you in advance for what you're going to do. And I believe you're going to do it. And I didn't I didn't know how to say in Jesus' name. I didn't know how to pray. I just knew that if, if God was going to jump in the middle of it, I'd be okay. You see, God is the God of those who seek him, those who praise him, those who enter into his courts with thanksgiving. As a matter of fact, in this particular scripture in 100. When you read it, it should be a prayer. I really believe that we should pray this scripture and we should say, Father, I shout with joy to you and the earth shouts with joy to you. We worship you, the Lord, with our gladness. And Father, I I come before you, Lord, singing with joy. And I acknowledge that the Lord is God and that he made me and I am his. You see, I like to convert the he made us to me and the we to I because I want to make it personal because that's how we should read the word of God many, many times that when we have a need, we make it apply to us. I am His one of his people and I am one of the sheep of his pasture and I enter his gates with thanksgiving make it personal claim it receive the promises of God believe with all your heart that it's going to happen that that miracle is going to come and you're going to receive it and I believe you're going to claim it and make it a part of your life and I just I just know it before it's going to happen you see the end of that those verses I read in Psalm chapter 100 it says in verse 5 and it's wonderful the, the psalmist wrote this, and, he, and this should be our thought, and this should be our remembrance when we are facing a need, when we know we need a miracle to take place in our life. And he says here in verse 5, For the Lord is good. 
His unfailing love continues forever, and His faithfulness continues to each generation. We need to take that with us everywhere that we go. We need to believe that God is good, that God has unfailing love, and it continues forever and forever and forever. And God loves you. No matter what you're going through right now, God loves you. When I went through my four challenges in Vietnam, God loved me before I even gave my life to Him. When I've gone through my three life-threatening illnesses and diseases, two cancer and one kidney failure, God loved me. And I had I remember I had just accepted him as Lord and Savior. And I wound up right after that, within a few months of having a diagnosis of total and complete kidney failure, both kidneys gone. And yet God restored them and healed me. And I just, I knew what's going to happen before it ever did, because I, I trusted God and I entered into his course of thanksgiving. Now, Please forgive me if you think I'm trying to use the example that I've got all the answers and I know how, but I've had these experiences in my life and it would be wrong of me not to share the experience that I've, that I've had in my life with you to help you receive a greater portion of faith to believe that God is able. And so remember, when we go to God in prayer, we need to enter into his course with thanksgiving. We need to go into his course with praise. We need to give thanks to him and praise his name. We need to understand that God is good and that his love continues forever and that that his faithfulness continues to each generation on and on and on and on. It's like the blessings of Abraham. You know, when Abraham was told by God that they, he'd be the father of many nations, him and Sarah couldn't have a baby. But God promised him then that he would be the father of many nations. So God said, look, here, this is going to last for generations to come and for hundreds of years to come. And here we are a few thousand years later still receiving the blessings of Abraham because that's the God that we serve. And when you face your miracle, when you're challenged with that miracle that you need to see take place in your life, remember that God's love never fails and that God will give you hope and he'll take you through these challenges. And I just believe it's going to be an amazing, amazing victory and that God receives all the glory and all the honor for it when the miracle that you need takes place in your life. So I'm believing for that. Now I run out of time in this podcast. So let me just tell you what's coming up in the next podcast. We're going to be talking about things that'll help you receive your miracle. I won't entitle it the same as this one is, where I basically talk about the steps to see your miracles, but it really is going to continue on the steps for our miracle. I'm going to talk about fear not. Talk about expectation and anticipation. We're going to deal with learning that we need to forgive others so God will then bless us. We need to understand that God wants us to speak in faith to believe and let our conversations always be in faith to believe. And I'm telling you, God's got a great plan for the next upcoming podcast. I pray that you will tune into it and that you will let your friends and family members know that we're talking about faith and believing that God is able and that he continues to do miracles. So with that, I'm just going to pray a short prayer of closing. Father, I believe you have taught us something special today from your word. You've taught us to understand, to trust you, to take that step of faith that we need to enter into your courts with thanksgiving, that God, you will continually and always be there to bless us and help us, Father, and to perform miracles in our life. And I pray now that this teaching will go deep into our hearts, deep into our minds, that we'll think on these things, we'll believe on these things in our heart, Father, and we'll see them come to pass. And I thank you, God, for this teaching. I thank you so much for those who've listened in, and I pray that you would bless the upcoming podcast 
us as we continue our series on miracles and that faith is required for miracles. Lord, bless it, I ask now, and bless those who are listening in, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, I hope that this has been a blessing to you. I hope that this teaching is something that's helping you to understand the the significance of standing and believing and waiting and having an understanding that God is still going to perform miracles in your life. And if you need a miracle, don't give up. Don't let up. Just continue to press in and believe like, like the Apostle Paul did. He pressed on and he had he could attain that goal. So I'm believing that in your life and believing that for you. So if you'd like to get more information on my teachings on faith and my teachings on miracles, you can go to my webpage at davidcfriendauthor.com. And when you get there, there'll be a link you can click on to my podcast. There is also a link there where you can click on to the books that I've written. One book in particular, I think that would be beneficial to you in this teaching. It's a book on faith. It's It's entitled, Receive Everything from What We Call Nothing, based on the premise that Paul was teaching when he told us that that when God healed Abraham, he basically was saying, I'm bringing forth life from death. There's no hope, Abraham thought, for a child. And Sarah, that's how she felt. But God was telling Abraham that I'm going to bring life. And so... I'm telling you, you're going to receive life in whatever you need in your life, what you need hope for, and God will bless it. So that book on faith will help you to understand to call forth those things that are not as though that they are. Believe that they are. It'll help you through your circumstances. It'll carry you all the way through the trials until you get your end results. So I believe it'll bless you. And there's other books in there that I've written on on generosity and on your finances. So those are things I hope that'll bless you. If you'd like to subscribe to my podcast, you can do that on CP shows.com or wherever you listen to your podcast. So as you can tell, I'm filled with energy today and excited about what God is going to do. I'm really looking forward to the next lesson that we're going to be doing as we continue our teaching on podcasts. So let me just close with this. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May his face shine upon you. May he be gracious to you and give you peace. May you prosper and be in good health even as your soul prospers. My next episode is entitled, How Faith in God's Word Brings Miracles. So until next time, may God richly bless you.